Welcome to the Fifth Quarter Podcast. My name is Rick Zamprin. The Hamilton Tiger Cats defense played their hearts out, but the offense didn't hold up their end of the bargain, and Hamilton's losing streak against Calgary is now at 14. This is the Fifth Quarter Podcast on AM 900 CHML. Hello, football fans in Hamilton from coast to coast and around the world. This is the Fifth Quarter on 900 CHML. Well, it... uh, It was a good winning streak, but that winning streak is now over. Calgary Stampeders out on top of the Hamilton Tiger Cats 43-28 as the final seconds tick down at Tim Hortons Field. This was a wild game. This was one of those games where if you went to the ballpark thinking, um, okay, 43-28, both offenses are going to really erupt for a ton of points. Uh, That wasn't the case. Maybe in the late stages for the Stampeders offense, but this was a game of turnovers, multiple mistakes, especially for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We're going to get into everything that went down today in the Hall of Fame game at Tim Hortons Field between the Tiger Cats and the Stamps. Uh, Final score yet to be decided, but right now it's 43-28 in the late stages of this ballgame. So barring a miracle comeback by Hamilton, the Cats are going to fall back to 500, 6-6, still not in sole possession of first place in the CFL's East, and they have not had that distinction since uh, 2016, just under a minute to play at Tim Hortons Field. And uh, the Stampeders, back in the winner's circle after losing their Labor Day rematch last week against the Eskimos. Uh, Calgary now a cool 10-2. And And, uh, they uh, continue to chug along. And uh, if there was a stat that the Tiger Cats, and well, especially their fans, would like to erase, it is the losing streak against the Calgary Stampeders. It has been far too long since the Tiger Cats beat the Stamps seven years ago. 14, including this game, 14 games ago. You'd have to go back uh, before finding out that, oh yeah, Hamilton beat Calgary at one point. It was 2011. It was touchdown Atlantic in Moncton, New Brunswick. I remember calling the game. uh, Henry Burris and Marcus Thigpen starring for the Cats. No, actually, I think it was Kevin Glenn at that time. And I have to go back to the, the score sheet. But it was a, I think the final was 55-36 for Hamilton. It was one of those games where, uh, that was a crazy game too, but the Ticats came out on top. Today, uh, not so lucky. Big shout out to all our friends and fans watching on CHML's Facebook page. We're throwing open the phone lines here at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email me your thoughts on today's football game. Rick at 900CHML.com is the email address. Or throw us a line on Twitter. Use the hashtag fifth quarter at Rick Samprin at AM900CHML. And if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to the fifth quarter podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, your favorite podcast store. Uh, We're going to vote for our player of the game. I certainly have my vote uh, locked and loaded. As uh, the Tiger Cats uh, have just turned over the football again 
with zeros on the clock, Jeremiah Masoli fumbled. Uh, i got to mark this down because otherwise my score sheet is not complete. Uh, four turnovers today for the Cats. Two fumbles, two interceptions, and uh, a final score of 43-28 to 28 for Calgary. We'll vote for our player of the game. We'll name our fifth quarter fan of the night. And you can also have a little bit of fun by partaking in the fifth quarter trivia challenge. Today's question. And if you're new to the program, uh, we don't offer prizes, just bragging rights. Uh, today's question is, the Ticats are the only Canadian CFL team to ever have a home game in the United States. Only Canadian CFL team to ever have a home game in the United States. They beat Ottawa 24-18 in front of 15,110 fans in Philadelphia. What year was it? Was it 1957, 1958, 1959, or 1960? I'll repeat the question, and uh, you can give me your answers throughout the program final score tim hortons field calgary 43 hamilton 28 and i say this was a wild football game because there were some huge plays in this game we had a 60 yard interception return for touchdown by larry dean we had a 104 yard kickoff return touchdown by shakir ryan of the ticats we had a 20 yard fumble return for a touchdown by tunde adelike of the stamps we had a 31-yard fumble return for a touchdown by Delvin Bro, And we had an 83-yard punt return for a touchdown by Terry Williams. Oh, and uh, Bo Levi Mitchell threw a 99-yard touchdown to Reggie Begleton. Whew! That's enough in one ball game, isn't it? 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. We're also broadcasting live on CHML's Facebook page. You can drop us uh, a thought or two. Vote for your player of the game on the Facebook page as well. Let's go to the lines, and uh, Jeff has called in to the fifth quarter. Jeff, good afternoon. How are you? Good, Rick. How are you? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. this was a wild game. It was, it was. You know what? I, I got to say, I think, I think if we were playing any other team, we would have won. You know what? You're you're probably right. Um, you know, if Ed, Ed, I would say Edmonton would probably be a, a tough out. Saskatchewan as well. I mean, Ticats were zero two against Sask this year, but I think you're probably right. Calgary just has that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, something in them just seems to propel the Stamps to win these kind of games. Yeah. Well, it's the defense. That defense shredded us tonight. They they shredded our offense. I'm not going to – like, Mazzoli and the whole offense couldn't do a thing. Right? And it was that strong Calgary defense. That's what, that's what it was. And I'm going to – for player of the game, I'm going to give it to our defense because they put up the most points. They certainly did. They they had some big plays, whether it was Delvin Bro or Larry Dean. I mean, two turnovers for TDs. Uh, yeah. And you know what? They held Calgary in check for most of the game until uh, you know the the late stages of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter. Yeah, I like that return man too, um, Shakir Ryan. Yeah, yeah, that guy was great. Actually, reminded me of a young Banks. He 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 nearly had two special teams touchdowns because on on uh, one play he was yeah. tackled by the hair. He has long dreadlocks, and uh, if he wasn't tackled, he might have returned all the way that to uh, to the end zone. Yeah, and how do they not call a penalty on that? That I was really curious about that. And that looked like a horse collar, but 
on TV, but they said they grabbed his hair. Like, yes. How is that not a penalty? I, I suppose that the, the player's own fault, I guess, for having the hair, but... The, the ruling is the hair, a person's hair, a player's hair, is yeah. not part of the uniform. Uh, it's part of his body. Therefore, you can tackle someone by the hair. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's very interesting. Wow. But at the time, I mean, you and everybody else in the in the stadium was in an uproar because and I was there, too. I was thinking, wow, that's a horse collar. Uh, but the replay clearly show he was grabbed by the wow. hair. Well, you can pull somebody's hair down. In front. You can pull a guy down by the hair. Is that that's a legal tackle. That's a le- you can pull someone down by the beard. It would still be yeah, not a penalty. Wow, <laughs> wow, jeez. Okay. Thanks well, for your player of the game. Thanks for your thoughts on the game. And uh, Jeff, enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Rick. Nine zero five six four five three two two one star nine nine hundred on your cell. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have Dave holding on the line. We have an email from a Dave. I don't think they're the same person. We have more tweets coming in. We'll get to all those here on the fifth quarter, powered by Eastgate Ford on nine hundred CHML. Hey, welcome back. Rick Samprin here. This is the fifth quarter on 900 CHML. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can email your thoughts on today's game, rick at 900chml.com. Vote for your player of the game. You could be the fifth quarter fan of the night. At Rick Samprin, at am900chml are the Twitter uh, addresses. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. If you are not already, be sure to subscribe to the uh, fifth Quarter Podcast on uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcast. We're voting for our player of the game today. I'll have my vote in a matter of minutes. Um, tweet coming in from Daver. It's it's a day of Dave's here, and I'll explain it in a minute. Daver tweets, the loss was 80% self-inflicted. Stamps of excellent receiver depth, and we don't. It was a huge factor. Cats have to forget about it, and on to B.C., We'll have another shot at them in November. Player of the game is Don Unamba. D was excellent until worn down due to uh, an ineffective offense. From Daver to Dave on the phone at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Dave, how are you? Uh, you know, uh, win would have been nice, but uh, win was not uh, you know, it was a 50-50 shot, maybe, maybe a bit less. So I'm not totally disappointed nor surprised. However, I still think the team, uh, yeah, you know, we missed Brandon Banks. I mean, that was evident out there. Um, I don't think, you know, they, the offensive line, uh, I think at times, couldn't handle what Calgary was giving them. i not going to blame, obviously, can't blame Mazzoli for the loss. I don't think it was one of his better games, though. There were a few three throws he missed. Um, I think they victimized Daly a few times. I think he needs to improve, and he needs to learn how to tackle a lot better. Need to work on his technique for that. Hiawatha, well, he didn't. He missed a couple that he should have had as well. I wasn't too uh, stuck on the when they're on the eight yard line calling two running plays. I don't know. You got to take a shot at the end zone with the ball on, out there at that point, you know. But maybe they just didn't have. Maybe they have Tasker and Tolliver, but they might have been double teamed maybe because they didn't have to be concerned about Banks. I think he was missed. And uh, I think, uh, you know, some of it was. I agree. Some of it was self-inflicted. You know, the fumble that came back for a touchdown and a couple few interceptions uh, didn't help. Um, so, you know, uh, and don't 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 uh, count Edmonton out in this mix either. I mean, that was a brutal game. I mean, there was some big hits there. And uh, Calgary uh, is not, not in great shape either health-wise. I think uh, a few things here or there we might have been able to, Maybe maybe win that game. I mean, we weren't uh, 
I think, you know, that today Calgary was a stronger team, but uh, we weren't, uh, I don't think in a lot of ways we weren't embarrassed. I do think a lot of mistakes are what hurt us. And Calgary, uh, you know, they had, the, I think the, def- the offensive line uh, had a hard time with their defensive line. They couldn't get in our, uh, in our defensive line. It uh, didn't didn't get the bully by Mitchell, and you can't give him time to throw. That was another another one there, even though we were able to pick him off, which was nice, That and the fumble and the pick six was sure nice. But, uh, yeah, player of the game, boy, that's a tough one. I'm just gonna, you know, uh, Nwamba had a great game too. Um, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Larry Dean on that one. Okay, a hey, great choice. He had the the pick six. Uh, he had also a uh, team high eight defensive tackles, uh, game high eight defensive tackles. Larry Dean in the middle of that D. I really like. I'm a big fan of Larry Dean as well. Dean the one, machine. Yeah, the one thing that concerned me today was the Ticats' inability to get into the end zone, at least offensively. And I think, yeah, they missed Brandon Banks. They certainly missed Jalen Saunders as well. Uh, Tolliver doesn't seem to be an option for Masoli or, or this offense. Losing uh, Green, the running back, for uh, a period of time during the game, I didn't think helped either. Uh, this team, I think, was treading water uh, barely offensively, and they, they need to be a lot better. They really do need to be a lot better, but... Uh... I agree with, uh, agree with that. Um, you know, they weren't embarrassed. I mean, this team is still a work in progress, so it ain't over yet. Definitely. Hey, it's, it wasn't 60-1. to 1. That's for, We hope we don't see one of those again. <laughs> yeah, never, ever, ever. Hey, Dave, thanks for the call. Thank you, sir. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Yeah, we don't want to see ever again a 60-1 to 1 score line in which the Ticats are uh, with, with the one point, although that still remains to this day the highest listened to, or the most listened to, highest downloaded uh, fifth-quarter podcast ever. And uh, who knows, the numbers might still be climbing in that regard. Uh, Jay, on CHML's Facebook page, um, really with the same sentiment, says, well, at least the score wasn't 60-1. to Maybe somewhat of an unfair comment, but the Ticats' O was MIA. Very frustrating. And Carl, as an answer to our trivia question, that question is, the Ticats are the only Canadian CFL team to ever have a home game in the United States, beating Ottawa 24-18 in front of 15,110 fans in Philadelphia. What year was that game played in? Was it 1957, 58, 59, or 60? And Carl says the trivia answer is September 14th, 1958. We'll see if he's right. You'll, uh, if he is right, you'll have to stay tuned till the end of the program. Got an email coming in from uh, Angelo, who always writes into the program, even emails me uh, midweek to say, hey, what are your thoughts on the game? This is my prediction. And uh, he's uh, emailed us today saying, hey, Rick, uh, this was a measuring stick for us in terms of determining where we are as a competitive football team against the number one ranked team in the CFL. I thought this was a mistake-filled contest from both sides. I thought the Stampeder coaches were better than us making the in-game adjustments. I thought Mitchell took advantage of an over-aggressive defense, which were unable to pressure him at key points of the game. At the end of the day, that's where the game was won. Defensively, unable to maintain and sustain the momentum after scoring. Offensively, O-line gets a fail in this one. Player of the game, Don Unamba. Excellent comments, Angelo. I thought the defense, for the most part, played a pretty strong game, but I think got worn down, especially uh, midway through the third, towards the end of the third quarter, and, of course, in the fourth, uh, time and time again, the offense for the Ticats was not extending drives, was not able to move the yardsticks, and um, I, I thought the Ticats' D got worn down 
when all was said and done. Statistically, offensively for the Cats, uh, not a very good game at all for Jeremiah Masoli. 23 of 37, that's a 62% completion percentage. Better today than Bo Levi Mitchell, but uh, only threw for 210 yards and was picked off twice. And one of those especially was another one of those Jeremiah, for crying out loud, throw the ball away, but instead he throws it into the hands of a Calgary Stampeder and almost did so again a little later on in the game. Jeremiah has to learn to either eat it, throw it away. I love the fact that he believes that he can make the play, that he can get an extra uh, few yards or find an open receiver uh, or save a play that seems to be doomed. I I love that that part of his mindset, but he has to develop um, that ability to say, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this at this point in time. Let's throw the ball away. Take a sack if I have to do whatever I can not to turn the ball over because punting is not a bad thing. Uh, you're going to force the defense or the, the opposing offense back further in their own end and uh, let your defense get the ball back for you. I think he's still got to develop that, uh, that kind of mindset in the back of his head to say, listen, this play might not go positively instead of throwing a pick. Let's throw it away, take a sack, whatever, and then punt it away and live to see another day. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. You can send us a tweet, use the hashtag fifth quarter, or send me an email, rick at 900chml.com. Kevin has called into the program. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Uh, going all right. How are you, Rick? I'm okay. A little disappointing today. Yeah, a little bit, uh, quite a bit for me anyways. Um, I just got a couple of comments. Go ahead. I think the first would be the worst coaching call of the year was uh, we had the ball inside the 10, less than five on the clock in the fourth to two score game. And we decided to kick a field goal. Yeah. You know, um, worst case scenario, we leave BC inside their own 10 yard line, you know, and uh, here we go. I don't know who called that play or who decided to go for a field goal as opposed to the touchdown, but it's a two score game. Common sense in anybody's mind as a coach would say you take the chance and you take the shot and you leave them deep in their own end. I'm just, I'm just, regardless of whatever the, the end of the game was and the, the uh, final score, that was the game changer right there. Yeah, because there's uh, like seven minutes or or something like that. Something, yep, it, yep. Some, somewhere on there. I mean, there's a lot of game. You're going to get at least maybe four or five, who knows, six possessions uh, if you play your cards right. Uh, it, I'm not sure why they went for the field goal because they're still down, I think, exactly. by nine at that point. Go exactly. go for the touchdown. Made no sense. Made no sense. And I don't know who called that, whether it was uh, Coach Jones or up in the booth. I don't know. But uh, do some, you know some simple math, put it on the field, and let the boys play. You can't not turn down the, the, the position of field and take three points when you, only, when you have to score twice. And, and look what happened in the end. So uh, BC beats down on our defense and, and takes it back and blah, blah, blah. The rest is history in the last five minutes, but we had a chance to change it. Definitely. Who's your uh, player of the game today? I would go with uh, Larry Dean, in all honesty. He had another fantastic game, yep. and that's not yep. a bad vote at all. No, and then the uh, I, before I let you go, I have a quick question. It's kind of yeah. uh, funny in, in my mind. I hope it's 
uh, you might remember a caller that you used to have, Antonio from Stony Creek. Yeah, he called, you know what, a couple of weeks ago, I think. <laughs> he was the best. He was the best. I don't know. I, I haven't heard him lately, so uh, if you get a chance, just pass hello from a uh, Ticat fan to another. Sounds good. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thank you. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell to chime in on today's 43-28 Tiger Cats loss against the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, the last time Hamilton beat Calgary in a football game was 2011. 14 straight losses now against the Stamps. That's just mesmerizing. There have been some blowouts. We all remember the 60-1 to last year. There have been some close ones. We remember the Luka Kanji missed field goal to win the game at the end of a snow fest in Calgary when uh, Andy Fantuz put the football down on the tee and it slipped off. There have been some nail biters. Today, a, a real back and forth kind of wild game that uh, the defenses certainly shone in the first half, as did the special teams units. And uh, Calgary's offense just kind of took over uh, towards the end of the third and uh, certainly in the fourth. Tweet coming in from Jim at Rick Samprin says, Bah! Too many mistakes. Great game to watch. And the Ticats kept it interesting, but you just can't do that and expect to beat Calgary. Have to wonder how we would have done if Banks were playing. Unamba for player of the game, hashtag fifth quarter. And Jeff writes, Offense was offensive today. They should have had the game well in hand in the first half. Player of the game, Bro Senior. And one more tweet before we go to break. This one from Sarah, who writes, Too bad the defense was so tired from scoring all the points and doing all the work in the first three quarters. They had no juice left to carry the offense and win the game. D, I thought, was stellar in the first half for sure. And for the first half of the third quarter, I I, I thought as well. You know, you had Delvin Bro's fumble refer, uh, return for a touchdown. Uh, early in the third quarter, Ticats up 25-20. to 20, And I'm thinking, wow, this might be one of those games where the Cats beat the Stamps. Th- this drought could be over. But a few plays later, Terry Williams scores in an 83-yard punt return. Bo Levi Mitchell with a 99-yard touchdown to Reggie Begleton. And uh, that was the turning point. It was over at that point. Calgary now 10-2, and Ticats 6-6. Six and six. And will remain, no matter what Ottawa does against Saskatchewan tonight, will remain um, in second place in the CFL's East Division. We have Dave, we have Debbie, we have Margaret on the line. We have more tweets and emails coming in. We'll get to all that when the fifth quarter continues on 900 CHML. Ticats losing again today, 43-28 the final. Hamilton now 6-6 on the season. Stamps 10-2. They keep on chugging. Uh, Ottawa is 6-5. and five. They will take on the Saskatchewan Roughriders tonight uh, at Mosaic Stadium. Toronto at 3-8 and eight is uh, on the bye this week. Montreal at 3-9. and nine. They lost uh, last night against the BC Lions 32-14. Speaking of BC, the Tiger Cats will be in BC one week from tonight. It's a 10 p.m. Eastern time start. You know what that means. A 1 a.m. fifth quarter start time. Uh, Producer Will Erskine will be there as well, as I glean at him. (laughs) Uh, And I'll be here as well uh, from 1 to 2, so uh, be sure to join us on the uh, Late Late Show of the fifth quarter. And then the Ticats host the BC Lions in uh, another home-and-home series. 
905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Um, so, yeah, Ottawa 6-5, and five, uh, Hamilton 6-6. Six and six, Those two teams will have a home-and-home home series as well uh, in October, October 19th and the 27th in Ottawa and then at Tim Hortons Field. That, in all likelihood, should probably uh, decide the division, although we do recall that Ottawa beat Hamilton earlier this year, so the Cats would have to sweep that home and home series. Oski71 on Twitter writes, June Jones could also adapt and call some draws, etc. Very true. Uh, June Jones' offense, I think, was put to the test by Calgary's defense today. And uh, the Calgary defenders, who, by the way, did not have Michael Johnson, their uh, stout defensive tackle uh, in this football game, um, I thought played a very good game defensively. Hats off to uh, Calgary's defense. Email from Allen. Hey, Rick, it's Allen from St. Catharines. For the first three quarters, it was a close game, but in the end, Hamilton bit themselves in the foot with all these fumbles tonight. Calgary just took care of business in the end, and Hamilton's defense looked tired in the end. The biggest thing I could say about this game was I honestly think Calgary was beatable tonight. We really need Banks back. Bo Levi Mitchell threw huge plays downfield, and we missed a few key plays for them to score touchdowns. One thing I was so irritated about tonight, and the CFL really needs to take a look at, this was the pull of the dreadlocks in front of the refs and no call. I don't understand that, and something needs to be done about that. I will be writing to the CFL about that. Pulling on the hair should be a uh, no different than a face mask penalty. Let's hope Saskatchewan beats Ottawa this weekend. Go Caleros, player of the game, Larry Dean. Uh, Alan, as I explained earlier on when this uh, pulling of the hair penalty question was asked, uh, it's not a penalty. You can tackle someone by the hair, whether they have long flowing locks like uh, Alex Singleton of the um, Calgary Stampeders or uh, long flowing dreadlocks like Shakir Ryan of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who was tackled by the dreadlocks. That is a legal play. Your hair is part of your body and you can tackle someone by pulling them down by the hair. Uh, you can do so by pulling someone down by the beard, the arm hair, whatever. It is part of their body. It's no different than tackling someone by the ankles or the wrist or whatever the case is. The hair is officially a part of the body. So I, I think we can end the discussion at that point. Back to the phones we go. Debbie is on the line. Hello, Debbie. How are you? I'm frustrated. It was um, it was really bad because Liram Haralahu, yes. Yes. Um, he's hired to make single points, field goals, and half-decent punting. His average was probably 30 yards. It, it was gruesome. And uh, Mazzoli really missed Speedy B because Speedy B can get easily open and sometimes needs double teaming. So that really freed up Calgary's defense to kind of do what they wanted. I agree with you. You know, Haralahu, I think, has struggled not only punting but uh, kicking field goals, and he missed another one today, which, you know, at the end of the day didn't amount to uh, much, but he also missed uh, an extra point. And uh, listen, uh, you know, the kicker's never going to be perfect, but I think there's area of improvement there. He averaged 44 point yards, pardon me, 44.5 yards per punt tonight. Uh, Rob Maver, on the other hand, averaged 50.4. So, you know, those yards at the end of the day, you know, six yards here and there aren't a huge difference. But when you shank a couple here and there, 
uh, that gets your team into trouble. When I go down to practice and I watch, I don't see Liram Hirolahu practicing. I see him getting some snaps from the long snapper, I guess, and maybe Luke. And he literally bounces the ball on the ground and plays with it. Like, I really don't see him practicing his punting. So, like, do they practice their punting at another time? They usually practice punting during the game, or at least at some point during, or not during the game, during practice, or some point during the week. Uh, but to stress out a kicker's leg by just practicing punting every day, uh, I'm not sure most kickers do that. Okay. Um, I think the player of the game was Larry Dean, and the, and the defense really put up a good fight. I mean, it's not fair to ask the defense to score all the, all the, and do all the work. Yeah, I think they were a little stressed out tonight. I think they were pretty tired. Debbie, appreciate the call. Enjoy the weekend. Oh, yeah, another frustrating weekend. Bye. See you later. Uh, 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. And uh, you can send me an email, rick at 900chml.com, just like KG did. He says, hi, the only reason the Tiger Cats did as well as they did in the first half is because Calgary didn't know how to handle the Cats without the regulars, Banks, and others. Uh, I don't know if I would subscribe to that. I think playing on the road, there's certainly an adjustment period. Uh, Hamilton burst out to a quick lead, but uh, the Stamps are one of those teams that you can't let them hang around. Uh, email from Lisa. Hi, Rick. I was at the game today, and it was a hot one out there today at Tim Hortons Field. Like I emailed you after the Labor Day game a few weeks ago, we are only a 500 team. We played the last two games against the Ricky Rayless Argos, and those were W's, but we would not accepted or expected anything less. Today we played the Stamps, and we all hoped, but we lost anyways, even after being uh, up 10 nothing in the first quarter. We had the chance to break away, but we do not have that gear when it matters. Rick, I know you love the fifth quarter and the Tabbies, but would really be that much off with Johnny Football at the helm. Lisa from Niagara Falls, New York. Johnny Football is not even starting for the Montreal Alouettes, although he might next week. I don't think this team would be further ahead with Johnny Manziel at the helm. Maybe our next callers would disagree, but maybe we would be 500. Maybe. But I think there would, and there still is, for Johnny Manziel, a learning curve that he has to go through. He's only had a couple of sp- starts here in the CFL, and he has not lit up the league. So I, I, I would take Jeremiah Masoli over Johnny Manziel right now. There's no doubt about it, especially with the cohesion that he has with his teammates. Back to the phones we go, and Margaret has called into the program. Hey, Margaret, how are you? Hi. Hello, I'm, go ahead. I'm, so my name isn't actually Margaret, it's Marcus. Oh, okay, sorry, go ahead. It's okay. Um. So uh, this game, I think that on the Tiger Cats, I think uh, – the defense and the special teams were the ones that basically ran the team this game. Yes, definitely. Um, the, the offense, too, I know some other callers said that um, they, they didn't have Brandon Banks and, like, Saunders and all the other receivers that they should have on this team to win. Like, they need those players to win the game because this only only has a few other receivers to throw to. Yeah, you can see that this offense is pretty uh, stagnant and ordinary without guys like Banks and Saunders. Yes. Yes, very. Who's your player of the game today? My player of the game um, has got to be Larry Dean. He scored the first touchdown of the game. That pick six was amazing. 
Yeah, good choice, and uh, he's the leader so far. Marcus, thanks for the call. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. You as well. You know what? I'm going to pick Don Unamba myself. I thought Don Unamba, and here's a guy who is playing that wide side linebacker role, that kind of hybrid position where uh, he's got to go after the quarterback at times. He's got to stuff the run when called upon. He's got to play the wide side of the field in a pass protection. He kind of does it all, and I think they have found a guy, I think for the first time since Markeith Knowlton, where they can rely uh, on him game in and game out to be uh, a game-breaker type player. So I'm going to vote for Don Yunamba. He had a couple of big plays today, including that forced fumble uh, early in the uh, third quarter. And he was kind of all over the football. Although, I mean, Larry Dean, I'm not going to scoff at that pick. He's one of my favorite football players on this team. Back to the phones we go. Dave is on the line. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Hey, Rick. Um, I've got to say, from a long, long time Hamilton Tirecat fan, uh, I'm just sick of losing to Calgary. You and me and both. I, and I'm sick of uh, mediocre football is, is what's acceptable um, to the majority of Hamiltonians, um, they're great fans in the way that they support their team through thick and thin. But there's got to be a time when you've got to uh, strive for something better. We've percentage-wise had the worst winning percentage in the CFL, which was an eight-team league, now a nine-team league, over the last two decades. We've lost 14 straight to one team. And I'm just sick of it. Um, I will say tonight, um, you know, June Jones, uh, the run and shoot has been shown uh, to be a, a huge failure in the CFL and the NFL with Mouse Davis, with June himself. If you look up his record in the NFL. And uh, he lacks creativity, um, like fans have been saying, and I agree. Uh, where, where's the, like, you know, the draws, the screen passes? They did do one screen pass successfully early on in the game. It worked. Um, you know, um, Trickery, Calgary, when when they were struggling, did the uh, you know the uh, receiver through the long pass caught Hamilton there. Um, he's supposed to be an offensive guru, and yet, you know, we had to rely on the defense and the and the special teams tonight. I thought they both played well, um, and everybody's calling in typical Hamilton. Oh, you know, we had Banks out; he'd make the difference. Listen, they had two of the best receivers in the entire CFL out, Eric Rogers and Kamar Jordan out for the season. They were without one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Then we hurt uh, McDaniels. So they were without three of their starting receivers, yet they don't make excuses. Their coach calls creative plays, you know, misdirection. He calls good offensive uh, plays, and in the end, they win. Um, And I'm just sick of it. I don't know how much more of it I can take, uh, Rick. Well, I'll say hang in there. Uh, We're all sick of losing to Calgary, that's for sure. 14 straight times is way too much. Uh, You know, seven years in a row is way too long. One of these times we'll get them. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but I agree with all your points. Calgary has lost a couple of key pieces on offense. Micah Johnson's a big loss on defense. I know he's going to be coming back soon, but, uh, you know, this Ticats team has to find something, especially offensively. This team has one of the best offenses in the league, but today it was not even close to that. Yeah, and, and Rick, people got to keep in mind, you know, everybody in Hamilton's happy, oh, we're 6-6, six and six, we're going to the playoffs. That's, that's what we shoot for here. We're just happy making the playoffs. 
And, and to be frank with you, that's not good enough for me. Uh, we're on a 19-year uh, uh, Grey Cup drought. It's not like we're in a 30-team league. We're in an 8-9-team league. And um, I, I don't think it's going to change. People got to remember, and like one of your callers pointed out, two of our wins were against the Ricky uh, Rayless um, Toronto Argonauts. The other game was against Montreal. Um there's so, half your wins right there. There's half your wins. We're six and six, and everybody here. Let's be honest. We're doing cartwheels. You can read on the blogs. Even most of your callers. We're just so happy to be six and six. You know that's average football. I, I don't want to be the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions of the uh, the North. Uh, you know I want to be the New England Patriots. And I'm pretty sure if you go back in time when uh, Bob Young took over this team, he said he was going to build an organization that would be the pride of the CFL and other teams would that we weren't going to win just once in a while. We we're going to win all the time. And over his ownership, we've had the worst winning percentage in the history of the CFL. Numbers, numbers don't lie. And I've wrote that on many blogs. And I think we have uh, the coach in waiting in Steinhauer. I don't think June Jones is the guy. Um, same as last year when he came in and we were uh, six and four, everybody was excited. Two of those wins were against uh, Montreal when they were eliminated. Um, the last thing I'm going to uh, c- cut my um, my comments, but I'll tell you two callers. Uh, Manzel's not the it wasn't the answer here. Uh, tonight's loss was it was on coaching. Um, their coaching staff did a better job without receivers, like I said, without Eric Rogers, Kamar Jordan. They're two of the best receivers in the league. June Jones came up short tonight. Another one of your callers said about going for the touchdown there at the end. You have to go for the touchdown there. You're at like five, six minutes, and you're down two scores. You've got to get the touchdown there. I don't know what that was about. And I have to agree with Debbie. I've been to, I went to oodles of training camp and sat there uh, many of Saturday and Sunday for four or five hours. I go down to practices. When uh, Justin Menlock was here, he practiced all practice long. He kicked, he punt, he practiced onside kicks. He'd even take the snapper to the um, to the turf field behind with the track around it at Mac. Well, the team was practicing. He'd go to the empty field behind practice. I was at all of training camp. I've been to lots of practices. She, Debbie's right. I don't know who Debbie is, but you know what? Hiram Lahu, you go down to practice, he's bouncing the ball like she said on the field, and they, they practice some snap, and I never see him kick or punt until they do team drills, and then he does a couple punts and a couple... Uh, and field goal tries with the team. That's it. You're, you're not going to be an elite kicker. And that game earlier that you said about we lost to Ottawa, we lost by six points. He missed two field goals. The the kicker Ottawa has was a um, security guard at the um, TD Stadium there in Ottawa last year, and he was seven for seven. And and as far as the win goes, it's it's Hiram's home field at Tim Hortons Field, and he missed two uh, field goals, not that long, under 50 yards, and we lost by six. Tonight, he missed the um, the extra point. That's one point. He missed the field goal. They brought it out. That's three points. That's four points. And then he kicked the ball out of bounds, which you can't do, and that gave uh, them great field position. They threw the one long pass and got the field goal before the half. So he cost us alone seven points right there. But I really think uh, people are going to be disappointed in uh, June Jones' team. He's he's just marginally better than Ken Austin because I think the players like him. He seems like a nice man. The players did not like Ken Austin. But I think 
the the sooner you hand the team over to a Steinhauer, he's like a Dave Dickinson, a young, smart, up-and-coming coach, very articulate, and knows the CFL game, and I think that's what you need. I think you need a change, and you, you need the change so you can strive to be the best in the league, like Bob Young promised us 20 years ago. or We, 17, we shall see. Ago. Dave, uh, great comments. Appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, God bless the Hamilton fans. I'll give them that. They they hang in there year after year after year, and they deserve better. I can tell you that. Good call. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Bye. Uh, let's take a quick break. We've got Dave and Jerry hanging on. Guys, we'll get to you. More comments on CHML's Facebook page, Twitter, and email as well. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. Hey, welcome back. Stamps beating the Ticats for the 14th consecutive time, 43-28. Hamilton now 6-6 six and six on the season. And um, you know, one of those games where the Cats started out uh, well, but their offense really never got in gear. John on CHML's Facebook page, which you are broadcasting on, as we always do here on the fifth quarter, says 11 seconds left in the first half after giving up a field goal. Stamps make one pass, then kick a field goal. That's why they win so much. They never take their foot off the gas. How many times were the Tiger Cats inside the 20 and throw into the end zone? Once brutal. And uh, Frank says Cats will never beat Calgary. And Chuck writes, well, that escalated quickly. Too many mistakes and just couldn't capitalize in the red zone. Must do better. Tie Cats. Trio of emails to get to. This one from Jason. If you're going to lose to Calgary, let's make it this one. Without Saunders, Banks, Williams, and Owens, and McDaniel not ready. With how our D played most of that game, we win with any offense. Let's end the streak with a cup win over Calgary. That email again from Jason. Allen says, in a game where our offense was missing their speedy weapons uh, and we were struggling to score points, it's disappointing to see our kicker miss a straight-on field goal with no wind and a convert. We need every point when playing Calgary. He needs to be much better. And one final email, this one from Philly Filski, who says, Hi, Rick. When the defense outscores the offense, you are not usually going to win too many games. Missing banks obviously hurts, but that's no excuse for complete ineptness. Once again, Ticats' pension for giving up the big play reared its ugly head. That 99-yard TD to Begleton took the wind right out of the Tiger Cats' sails. I'm going to BC Place to watch the game next Saturday, but to be honest, expect a letdown and Tiger Cats' loss, given the emotional back-to-back with the Argos and this disappointing loss. Player of the game are all the Ticats faithful who last saw the Ticats beat the Stamps in 2011 and continue to take in bitter defeats right up to today, 14 and counting, well, I guess 15, if you include the 2014 Grey Cup debacle back to the phones we go and uh, jerry has been waiting patiently and he's now on the air jerry hello hi rick it's it's jerry um i have three reasons why i feel we lost the game um i agree with the previous caller that we're settling for mediocrity um we're never growing past two decades or whatever you know 500 yay like i was with the in the at the game tonight and everyone's smiling and happy and everything and i'm i'm waiting to call the the radio your blood's (laughs) boiling yeah, so, like, that was a very winnable game. That Someone else mentioned how many stars they had injured. But that was a very winnable game, and I think June Jones was one reason they lost, because he didn't replace Banks with an import receiver. He could have thrown in Owens. He could have thrown in this Ryan kick returner. He could have thrown in um, uh, McDaniel. There's a lot of choices he had. So they went with one less import, which they played around with on defense. And there's also the kicker that we already went through all the mistakes he made today. 
and the lock of his practicing. Uh, he missed a field goal, missed a single point, shanked a few, you know. And the other one, the other reason was uh, Mike Daly. I think he's too slow. He man on when they get man on man, they're always getting the advantage with him. And he his tackling has been sporadic. He missed about three tackles today. Yeah, he's got to be better, and he can't let that receiver get by him because he's the last line of defense. Who, who's your player of the game today? Nobody. <laughs> that says it all. Jerry, appreciate I was trying to think of it, but I was going to say a mumba, but mm, yeah, maybe, but you know. But other than that, nobody. That says it all. Jerry, appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, sir. Dave's on the line, and he has the uh, last call today. Dave, go ahead. Oh, did I look? I think Dave just disappeared. We were going to give him the the floor. Dave, call us back. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Bo Levi Mitchell did not uh, really impress me that much today. I mean, yeah, he did, but in the same light, when you look at his statistics, thir- uh, 17 of 30, it's only 56%. He only threw for 270 yards. Let's not forget 99 of those yards came on one play. And I think there was a 48 or 49-yard pass just before halftime. So you take that out of the equation, that's about 150 yards. Uh, yeah, he threw two TDs. He was picked off once. Bo Levi Mitchell was good, but he wasn't fantastic today. Is that Dave back on the line? Uh, well, yes, it is. Dave, we got you back. Nice. How you doing, Rick? Good. You got uh, about a minute and a half. Go ahead. Perfect. Lots of great points today. The, what I saw, Calgary can teams can beat Calgary if they don't beat themselves. Um, the linebackers, all three, would be my players of the game. Lawrence, Dean, Don Yamumba, fantastic games. But what I'd like to know is when does the defensive line start uh, making some sacks and making plays? I don't want to pick on anybody, but 55 – we brought you in for uh, the guy we don't want to talk about anymore because he's not on our team. The defensive line's got to step it up and start dropping quarterbacks and putting them on their backside. Um, that's my take. As far as the offense goes, someone needs to tell our guy, and he is our guy, it's okay to throw the ball away, and it's okay to take a sack once in a while and put the football. Um, at the end of the day, 6-6 six and six is okay. We can still make the playoffs. We can still win the Great Cup. Fans are very critical. At the end of the day, the Ticats, as usual, beat ourselves. They can beat Calgary, and they can beat most teams in this league if they play a clean game. Dave, you got to go. Great, great comments. i got to let you go. We're plumb out of time. Um, another loss for the Ticats, 14 and counting, versus the Stamps, 43-28. Our next broadcast is after the next game as the Cats take on the BC Lions. Saturday, September 22nd at 10 p.m. We'll be on the air at 1 a.m. For producer Will Erskine, my name's Rick Samprin. Enjoy the rest of the weekend from all of us here on 900 CHML. <laughs> The fifth quarter after every Ticats game on AM 900 CHML. The fifth quarter podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.